0: Are you ever surprised by God? Yeah, okay. I, I often am, and some of you are like, I'm not sure what he means. Like, I'm not saying like he jumps out, ha! You're like that, that not that kind of surprise. But some of the wording in the New Testament, uh, the word surprise means to be beside oneself. It means to, to stand in awe. And that happens quite a bit when I hear stories of what God is doing. Uh, I've been in many circumstances, situations, whether it's a coffee shop or some other place, and I'll be meeting with someone and they'll get up and leave. And this has happened multiple times uh, where I'll be sitting, having coffee. And the person I'm meeting with will get up and leave. And a complete stranger who's sitting around the corner will get up and come over and uh, start talking to me and say, hey, I, I didn't hear the whole conversation, but I caught bits and pieces. And they'll strike up a whole conversation. I have people do it at the gym while I'm on the treadmill with earbuds in. I don't know what it is, but God brings people to me. My wife can tell you it happens all the time. And, uh, and they'll just start talking to me. And it, it's as though in those moments the conversation turns to something spiritual. And I'm able to share my heart and my love for Christ and share the gospel often And uh, in those moments, I kind of step back and I'm like, oh, that God in his great love for this other person and for me would put us in proximity in the same room at the same time to hear those very words, even though I wasn't intending that a conversation would draw someone in. God uses that and it surprises me, but I'm in awe of his love and how he puts those pieces together. I sat across the table uh, several years ago in Kathmandu. uh, We were in Nepal and um, I'm sitting across from an elderly woman who is one of the leaders of the church uh, in Nepal, fastest growing churches in the world for the Wesleyan church and and just talking with her. And I, I was asking, like, how are people coming to Christ? And she shared me her story. And her story was that a missionary came up to her, told her about Jesus, and she kind of like passed it off, didn't really think much about it, but remembered the story. And then her husband became very ill and they went to doctors, they tried witchcraft, they tried different uh, aspects of Hinduism, other things that just whatever they could to try to heal her husband. But she sat in her kitchen one evening while he was in the bedroom taking his last breaths. And she said, she remembered the story and she said, Jesus, if you are real, would you heal my husband? And before she finished praying, he walked out of the bedroom completely healed. Well, they became followers of Jesus. <laughs> and I stand back and I go, wow. God's love is amazing. That he would reach out like that. I, I encounter uh, Muslims, uh, converted to Christianity and and I hear their stories of how they had never heard about Jesus, never read the New Testament, never spoke to a missionary, but in a dream and in a vision, Jesus came to them and introduced himself to them. And they began a search of who is this Jesus. And in their search, they discovered who he was and someone gave them a New Testament at a coffee shop. And it's always about coffee, I think. It's a God thing. Um, they get a new Testament and they discover who Jesus is and receive him as their savior. And it changes everything. And I, I stand back and I'm just surprised. It's a good surprise, but I stand back and I'm like, wow, God's love is so radical and so great that it goes beyond my imagination. And because I'm a global outreach pastor here at All Shores, I get the opportunity to hear a lot of those stories, to, to hear what's going on around the, the world. And uh, we're, we're going to share a story today of like how God surprised, I think, the people in Bethlehem and, and certainly the people in Jerusalem by his reach and by his love. And if there's something that I want you to remember today, it would be this. When you engage in God's global work, you experience his radical love. What I mean by that is when you begin to discover what God is doing and you hear those stories and you see the changes in lives that you never imagined would take place, there's something in you that you get to experience a greater view of who God is and you get to experience his love just like others have experienced it. In Matthew's gospel, uh, the first book of the New Testament, he shares the story of wise men Who came to visit the child, who came to see the Messiah, the Christ. They came to see Jesus, who they said was born. This group we call the Magi. It's where we get our word magician, right? They were scientists, they were astronomers, they were diviners, they were healers, they were individuals who studied and in Babylon, Assyria, India, present-day Iran and Iraq. In that region, they they were well-known. They were oftentimes counselors, advisors to the king. As a matter of fact, there's an Old Testament story of Daniel where Daniel himself is taken out of Israel and he's taken to Babylon. And while he's there, they are training him to be a magi. And God blesses him and gives him insights to dreams and knowledge. And because of that, he rises to what I guess I would call the CEO of Magi, right? He's second in line to the king. It's not what the Bible says. I'm just saying that's kind of his role. He's in charge. These Magi were well-respected. They had authority, the authority of a king. So oftentimes when they left their area where they were, it wasn't just a small thing. It wasn't that they were just going off on their own. Something had to draw them. The king had to send them. There was something important that they were going to be sent to do. And in Matthew chapter 2, we hear this interesting story from the Jewish perspective, from Matthew's perspective of what it was that drew these great leaders, these magi, away. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Now, we're not sure. Historians, we don't know what it means by the East. We don't know what location, but present day kind of Turkic Arabic area, that India, Iran, Iraq, that area, they were sent, they came as emissaries of, of the kingdom. But they came seeking this king of the Jews. They saw a star. They were astrologers. They they saw a star in the sky and they knew it had significance. Whether they had heard prophecies of the Old Testament or maybe prophecies from other religions or other texts, because God does some amazing things that way, they had this idea that that there was someone who was born who was going to change the world. And so they were sent. These foreign dignitaries sent to go find a child that was born. Now, Pete talked about this last week if you were here, but the scriptures tell us in Matthew 2 that when they showed up in Jerusalem, which was the center of Israel, they showed up to talk with King Herod, right? And it says that all of Jerusalem was stirred because of their showing up. Something big was happening here. This was not normal for these dignitaries to come and to be seeking something out. So Herod sends them away because he finds out that it's not in Jerusalem where this child is to be born, but in Bethlehem. And so after they heard the king, they went on their way and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. I don't want to complicate two things. Scriptures doesn't say whether the star moved, it showed up. I I don't know how all of that worked. No scholar really knows. But clearly there was something that God was doing through nature, through the universe, drawing these individuals to his son. Now this was likely not at his birth, but they had seen the star when Jesus was born. And they had followed for months. And so maybe even years we know that later on, Herod would kill children, boys, under the age of two. So there's some, some people believe that Jesus was maybe around two years old at the time, by the time the Magi came and witnessed this child. So that, that picture image that you have of your nativity with the wise men standing around, Jesus being born in the barn, right, the nativity, that it's not completely accurate. They're a part of the story of the birth of Jesus, but they probably weren't there, likely were not there at the nativity when Jesus was born. But when they find Jesus, they are overjoyed. It means to be emotionally moved. Now, whether it was because they'd been on a long journey, like your children, when they're in the backseat of the car and you finally get there, and they're like, oh, yeah, we're at grandma's house now, finally. I don't know, but it's this expression of just joy that wells up because they have finally found the child. And then it says, on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary and they bowed down and they worshiped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. They gave honor. These gifts that were given, we sometimes... Uh, like to link them to prophecies of Jesus' death because frankincense and myrrh were used in the passion story of Christ and his death and burial. But simply put, these were gifts that were fit for a king. They had brought these with them to give honor to this child. Here's this little toddler who's being worshipped in Bethlehem. I imagine that the neighborhood was pretty shook up. Matthew is the only one who tells us this story. He is a Jew writing to a Jewish group. Not all of the Gospels are written in the same way, to the same groups of people. But Matthew writes to the Jewish nation. And I think one of the reasons he includes this, and this is just my take, it's because he wants his Jewish people to know that their idea of how God worked, that, that it wasn't just confined to the Jews, but the gift of Jesus coming into the world was for everybody. And that God would use anything at his disposal, including the stars in the sky, to draw people to his son so that they might worship him. That's awesome. That's surprising. That's when you stand back and go, wow, God's love is so radical. And I go back to my statement again. When you engage in God's global work, you experience his radical love. When you begin to see how God is working in other ways, other groups of people, things that maybe don't, the types of ministry that don't work the way they do here in north america you begin to discover this amazing work of god in our world we say as a church as our mission is radically loving and growing together in christ and the fact that god would call these foreigners to bethlehem to find this child is an expression of god's radical love but what does that mean for us well I could talk about global outreach for hours. I'm not going to do that here today, but I want to tell you some stories and I want to share with you what our church is doing globally, what God is doing globally and we get to be invited and be involved. And in doing so, I'm hoping that it captures your heart, that you begin to see that there's something more that's out there, that your vision of God gets bigger and maybe you get surprised this morning by stepping back and going, wow, There is so much more to what God is doing. I hope that it's an invitation for you to step into that and go, I want to be a part of this. Over the last seven years, our uh, missions committee has come up with a a strategy to work with missionaries who are in very difficult places reaching unreached people groups. We have places, people, and projects. That's kind of how we define it. And our places, our locations around the world, where Global Partners, that's our missions agency for the Wesleyan Church, where Global Partners is already working, right? They're sending missionaries, they're going, they're planting churches with the nationals who are there and in indigenous work. And our places are, are pretty much centered in this area of the world, which used to be called, and sometimes is, the 1040 window. There are, there are more than five billion people in the world who live in this section of the world who are unreached who either don't know christ have never heard of the gospel it's not legal to talk about jesus it's a very difficult place and so for all shores we want to be in those places where people are unreached we want to bring the gospel and so our three places that we center on kind of the center of the target is asia the Turkic-Arabic world, and part of Europe. And so oftentimes you'll see our missionaries and we'll tell you where they're from and and you'll go, oh, I didn't know we were there. I didn't know we were there. There's a reason why we're there. We are after planting indigenous churches in this region of the world, Asia, Turkic-Arabic, and Europe. And we support our area directors and others who are in this area. Now, just last week, Global Partners came out with their yearly update of all the things they've been doing this year and all the projects they've done, the missionaries they've sent. And uh, they also include their top churches that are supporting the work of our missionaries. And hands down, out of more than 2,500 churches in all of North America, Canada, and the US, you guys are number one. Yeah. All Shores is the number one giving church to global partners, whether it's individually to missionaries or through our global outreach fund. Supporting the work of God who's reaching out to this unreached people group. I think you guys can be proud of that. I know I am. But I also know that little more than 20% of the congregation gives to our global outreach fund, which means we got room to grow. We got more to do. And I think that's great too, because we are a generous church and I want to see what God can do. Not only are we sending missionaries or supporting the work that's here, we've been sending missionaries over the last seven years. We've sent uh, the Horns, who we prayed for this morning at all of our campuses. Uh, We've sent uh, the Paraventis who are in the Czech Republic, and we've sent the Ellisons, who are now full-time in Mongolia. All members of our congregation, employees of our congregation, who have been sent out to serve as full-time missionaries on the mission field. And as if if that isn't enough, we've sent out five young people to do internships over the years with YWAM, Global Partners, other agencies who have done long-term, sometimes up to a year, internships when it comes to global work. And this year, in 2020, in the next couple of months, we are going to be sending three more families this year who are called to serve and go on the field full time. The Reynolds, the Steinharts, and Audrey Gray. And we're excited to come alongside of them, to partner with them, to help them to get launched so that they can go. Now we support them through our Global Outreach Fund. You'll hear more about that later. But um, this Christmas Eve, part of our Christmas Eve global offering will also go to help them to get on the field. Oftentimes, they need just a little more reser- resources to you know, fly there, get their first apartment, other things that they don't build into their normal budget. And so our Christmas Eve offering, a portion of that's gonna go to support missionaries, including the three that we are hoping to send. Now, not only do we have people, but we are in places, we have people. And our people include more than this. This is just a small list. This is 12. We have about 14. Some of them, we can't put their faces or names up there. But these are the individuals that All Shores praise for, we support, we partner with. They are area directors, missionaries. They're they're with global partners. They're with YWAM. They're with OMS. um, Bunch of different organizations. All doing work globally. The fun thing for me is 10 of these on this screen are all from All Shores whether employees or just families from all shores that God called to go on the field. That's unheard of, people. I think it's amazing what God is doing through this church, through his church. And so these people are struggling. They're, they're working. It's not an easy thing. They left family. They left friends. They left routine. They left culture in order to share the love of Jesus Christ. It's radical. But they, because they're out there, are hearing the stories they're experiencing God's radical love as people are coming to know Christ. We also have projects. Projects are short-term missions, our care point in Ethiopia, uh, local events that we do here at our church. I'll give you some ideas. Uh, in the last couple of years, through our Christmas Eve offering, we've, we've helped to uh, to build two churches, one completely in Mongolia, and this one we were partially able to help with. This is a church that's been in existence in Croatia for years, but this last year, they needed some help to, to get moved to a new location uh, for their church. And we were able to help them do that in October. Although I was invited, I didn't get a chance to go, but they, they launched their grand opening service in uh, Split, Croatia. Um, We have our care point in Ethiopia, and we send team members to go. Here's a couple from our church uh, going to visit one of the children that we sponsor. 165 children are supported by individuals like you in our church. So thank you for that, because I've been there multiple times. I've seen the difference that it's making. They're able to get education and and food and resources for their family. They're able to get clothing. There was just a clothing distribution I heard a couple weeks ago. And so the kids get new outfits each year because every time I go, they're wearing the same thing day after day after day. They don't don't have much. Recently, through our Heart for the World event, uh, we were able to build a latrine project and a water kiosk which provides clean water to people in the community. And it's right there near a care point. So the children who are going to school have that extra resource. Not only that, but it helps the community with hygiene. And then they hire the family members of our supported children and train them to run these as a business. And so it's an income-generating, self-sustaining work that is going on in that community. And it's because of your generosity And our teams that are going, we got another team going this February, uh, going to visit the children and work with them and come back to share more stories. These things are made possible. Lives are being changed. A hundred of those children are from Muslim backgrounds, and some of them are beginning to come to Christ because every week they go to the church to hear stories about Jesus, and they see the church reaching out to them in radical love, giving them resources and help, clean water, living water, in order to bring about new life. I think that's amazing. Uh, We've sent teams to Honduras and Mexico to work on uh, a worship center and a day center for children, vulnerable children. Uh, In Mexico, our youth went to build some homes. I think this is Jason Court, I can tell because his muscles are so big. But we've sent people uh, to go on these trips, and uh, this year we've got six teams going out to different locations uh, around the world, some of which will be with global partners to their conferences. Remember those places we t- I talked about, the Asia, Turkic, Arabic, and Europe? All of those missionaries get together every year, sometimes in different locations, and we've sent teams to do children's uh, child care for the missionary kids, youth, worship, and teaching. And because of that, we've been able to come alongside of them. We've even done some health care with them in the past as well. And so because of that, over the last three years, we've been able to minister to every single missionary in the Wesleyan Church. We've had personal contact with every missionary in the Wesleyan Church. It's huge. And it's because we have teams that go. Uh, we do things locally. So how many of you have, uh, have participated in the Global 6K Run or walk for clean water. Some of you, okay. Uh, Last year, I think we had 80 participants, but some of them, we partner together with Covenant Life. And uh, we partner for World Vision. They provide clean water. And not only do we do the Global 6K, but we do a half and full marathon in the fall in Grand Rapids. This year was a record amount of funds for churches in this area and for World Vision. But All Shores has been one of the top for that. And over the last five years, we've raised over $166,000 for clean water for vulnerable children. Now, let me put that in perspective. That's over 3,300 children have clean water for life because people got up and went for a walk. Yeah. Can you tell why I get excited about this kind of stuff? I I get surprised by God when I see these things happen. And it reminds me of his radical love. Christmas Eve is coming up. Every year on Christmas Eve, we take up an offering and a third goes to local, a third to regional, a third to global. I've already shared that some of that will go towards supporting our missionaries going on the field from our church. But we've been presented a project in Azerbaijan by our missionaries who are there and I can't mention their names. Their picture was not on the screen but we've been there for a while and the way our missionaries can stay in this country is through humanitarian work. Um, They are planting indigenous churches in Azerbaijan secretively. Some of them have been uh, removed from the country and their visas taken back because it's risky to do what they do but uh, they've been presented a project because there's an elementary school in the area that is under-resourced, and there are all these children who are not getting a good education. Um, there's no dining room, there's no place to eat, there's no bathroom or running water here, um, and it needs to be renovated. And so part of our global giving at Christmas Eve. So I want to encourage you to give because part of it's going to go to redo this school and to provide all of those resources so that more children can be benefited. But it allows for our missionaries to stay in that area and build the relationship and share the gospel so that lives can be changed. So I want to encourage you to be a part of that What does it look like here locally? What does a hero look like? Someone who's engaged in global outreach? Well, I could tell you about Kia and Janice who work with our refugee ministry and they take kids to school or watch them as part of their daycare. They, uh, they take people to the, to the hospital. They help them with English as second language and translate for them or help them with filling out paperwork. It's, it's something that all of us can do, but it takes time. I could tell you about Ross Smelker, who uh, heads up our Team World Vision process here for our church, and uh, a part of that clean water is because Ross is giving his time to organize and email and help people here at our church train for these half and full marathons. But I want to tell you that a couple of weeks ago, there's a story, and uh, we support uh, a new missionary at Grand Valley State University, and you'd be like, there's a missionary at Grand Valley? Well, there is now. This is her first year with Campus Crusade, or Crew, and she's there ministering to 400 international students who are in the area, and we don't have to go where they live, they're coming here. And so her role is to share the gospel, to build relationships, and reach out to them. And so I asked her, what could we do at All Shores? How can we help? She said, well, it'd be great if someone would host a Thanksgiving dinner. I'll bring the students. So I contacted Will Goosen and his girlfriend Cindy, and they were willing to cater and to host. And so a couple weeks ago, we invited, uh, there was 12 students who showed up from China, Japan, South Korea, four from Saudi Arabia. There were some from France and Switzerland. All these international students, and we sat at a table, and I sat down at the end of the table talking with a couple of Saudis, and we were having a good conversation. But then the leader of this group, this missionary, uh, had, a, had some things to share and sat there with the students And in a very creative way around Thanksgiving, explaining why we as a nation celebrate Thanksgiving, in a very creative way, she shared the gospel message. And in that moment, I thought, what could God do with this? These students who will go back and share with other students what they heard. They'll go back home to their own country that has closed some of them to missionaries and to the gospel, but not to them. And they can go back and they can share the gospel. And just as though God used the star to draw the magi to his son, God uses turkey (laughs) to draw people from all over the world so that they might come to know his son. I get to be a part of this and so do you. When you and I engage In God's global work, we experience his radical love. Three ways you can get involved, maybe four. Listen. Now we have different things. One is, uh, I know I say listen, and then I'm gonna give you something to read. But uh, as you leave here today, uh, we have an update. We have our quarterly update. We give these out four times a year. That's why we call it quarterly. Just to catch you up on some of you math students. This will be available, and our ushers are handing them out at the end of the service. Would love for you to take that with you. In addition to that, um, we have a podcast that we do, and we've got about 12 episodes of some of the missionaries we've mentioned, uh, the ones that we support, going a little bit deeper if you want to hear more of what's going on with the Ellisons or the Horns or the internship program or the Mongolia trip, those are on our podcast. So whatever podcast app you use, just look up All Shores Outreach, you'll find us on there. Volunteer. Some of you are like, I'm not gonna go on a mission trip, I'm not gonna get on a plane, I'm not gonna do any of that. Okay, I get it. God doesn't call all of us to do that. But I have 36 different local roles That people can fill, that we've identified as ways that you can support through missionary care, through serving on our missions team, to helping out at some of our Heart for the World events. We've got one coming up in February. We're bringing in a comedian, Adam Adam Yesner. Um, Let me say that again. Adam Yesner, he's a writer and comedian with the Ellen DeGeneres show. How many of you are fans? Well, Yeah. How many of you are fans of Alan? You might know him as Kevin the Cashier. Anyway, he's going to be coming for free because he supports Children's Hope Chest and the care point that we are working with. And so he's coming in February 8th, comedy for a cause. We need help with the event. We need help behind the scenes. Those are some of the things that I would love to talk with you about getting involved. So there's many ways to volunteer besides going on a trip. And then give um all of this happens because of our global outreach fund our general offering the money that comes in general offering that goes to support all the things that we're doing locally and there's a lot of that too but in order to do the mission work that i believe god's called us to we need people committed to give to our go fund so i would just say pray and uh on our online, there's a drop-down tab, general offering, benevolence, and global outreach. I would just encourage you as a family, as a growth group, as an individual, pray about that, talk with others about it, and ask God if you can give more out of your offering going into 2020 so that we might see more work done. Finally, I got a challenge for you. Get out your phones. It's the only, not the only time, but it might be one of the only times we tell you to pull your phones out in church. But take out your phone and text this number, 616-201-3216. Text the word global, and here's what's going to happen. Immediately, you'll, I'll put the number back up there for some of you. Uh, Immediately, you're going to get a text message back that says, Welcome to Discover Global Outreach. Click that link, and you'll get this form. It's simply first name, last name, email, and phone number. What we want to do is over the next five weeks, we have a five-week challenge, kind of fun. Every week on Sundays, today will be the first day, we're going to text you a place to go and there will be activities for you as an individual or as a family to participate in to learn more about our people, our places, our projects, our Christmas Eve offering and our care point in Ethiopia. So going into the new year, just a simple challenge for you to do as a family I think this week's challenge is to look at an interactive map and find out where our missionaries are. We've got menus of different places around the world where you could have a bonus activity and maybe cook a meal that our missionaries would normally eat uh, wherever they're at culturally. Uh, Next week, there is a, a list of every missionary that we support, at least the ones we can list, and all of their addresses, and we encourage you to just simply write a letter and encourage them, pray for them. Tell them Merry Christmas. So there's just different activities and information that's available. So if you text that number, text global to 616-201-3216. We're gonna follow up with you once a week, not a lot, just once a week over the next five weeks and give you opportunity to get more engaged in God's global work. Because I believe that when you do, you experience his radical love. And just as God once drew the Magi, to his son. God is using all kinds of resources to draw people from around the world to be introduced to who Jesus is. And let me just say this last thing. You might be here today thinking, hey, that's cool how God's reaching out to all those other people, but what about me? Maybe your past, your background, maybe you think you're too far from God for him to reach. Let me just remind you. You are not. If God can turn the universe and stars in place to draw the Magi to Bethlehem, think of how simple it was for him to draw you here today and other things that are going on in your life that you can't quite explain, but you heard a conversation in a coffee shop one day and something stirred in you. It might have been a song on the radio. God just keeps reaching out. He'll use resources to remind you that you are valuable and that he radically loves you, that he would send his son, Jesus Christ, to pay the price for your sin and mine that we might be made new, that we might know our Heavenly Father. Man, I hope that you make a decision, if not today, soon, to just simply say yes to Jesus and begin to follow him. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we uh, thank you for drawing us all to your son. It might've been at different places at different times in very unique ways, but you use everything in your resources to bring us to Christ. And God, we want more. I, I pray that you would, uh, you would stir our hearts to be involved, not just globally, but locally, that our neighbors, that the people that we run into, maybe literally run into in the store this Christmas That Lord, there's not one person that you are not reaching out to. There's not one person that you don't value. There's not one person that you aren't inviting into your kingdom. And help us to respond the right way, to share the love of Christ and to invite people to know our savior, Jesus. We pray this in his name, amen.